welcome to another Sessions on Life. Today we are back with our uh, great host, Austin Maxheimer, who has all sorts of knowledge in this area. And I am your co-host, Josh. And um, I'm Ubi Ntewo. Um, guys, I'm so happy that you're joining us again for our second episode, um, Exploring the Church. Today's topic is the power of the church. However, before we jump into that, we're just going to go ahead and do a really quick um, recap of what we covered last week, just because it was a really good uh, conversation. And there was so, there's so much to cover when you're just discussing the nature of the church. Yep. Um, that I, you know, I mean, there's no way you can truly do it justice. So just a quick recap of the things we discussed. You know, we had talked about the church as spiritual, the church as natural, right? Um, but we had specifically talked about the fact that the church is a covenant community, right? Um, and I think there had been a consensus that even even though we there is this personal relationship that each person each christian has with jesus that that personal relationship is actually strengthened and made fuller in community so in, in a sense the that that covenant community um i guess you could say nurtures and nourishes our personal relationship so you know speaking to the importance of recognizing the body of christ and the community of faith as a community that is in covenant with God and that we come into the blessings and all that God has for us primarily through um, that community and relationship with those and loving those who are um, who are part of that community. Um, was, awesome, was there anything you wanted to add? Did I miss anything? I mean, just highlights from last week? No, I think you nailed that it. That stood out to you? Okay. Uh, hey, that's great coming from Dr. Max. <laughs> I know that's, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Okay, well, if, if that be the case, we'll go ahead and uh, jump right into this week's episode, um, speaking to the power of the church, right? And the way I usually start is by just throwing the floor open and saying, hey, when you just hear that, you know, just that theme or that the topic, the power of the church, what comes to mind mm. for, uh, for you guys when you just hear that, the power of the church? Well, unfortunately, I, my first reaction is that we need to redeem the word power. In our cultural context now, there's almost a negative sense of power because people have misused and abused power uh, to leverage it against people or to oppress people or to put mm -hmm. people down, and even, unfortunately, in people's church experience. And so when we talk about the power of church, I want to just make sure we're all starting from the same point, and that's from the goodness of God, that in His perfectness, in His holiness— we want to see this power manifest in the world. Austin is not holding back. He's coming out <laughs> with all guns firing. Right. I was like, yo, wow. Okay. No, okay. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, because okay. I, I, it's just a really important, because yeah. especially as we talk about the church, probably more next week and the, and the week after yeah. when we talk about uh, experiencing the church yeah. and, and living in practical expressions of the church, we have to recognize that the church throughout history, human history, has 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 used its power in, in harmful ways yeah. for societies and Absolutely. for cultures. And so if we don't recognize that up front and admit it, 
and then we can't repent from it. We can't bring it to light. Exactly. We can't. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to dwell on that because I love how last week we didn't get into all the bad things about church. You right. know, we talked about the nature of the church and its in and and its in its pure form and its yeah. biblical and scriptural understanding of of the Christian worldview, which is positive and helpful and encouraging and connects us to God and others in the world. Amen. And so right. when we when we talk about power today, we want to make sure it's couched in last week's discussion right, of the exactly. nature of the church, which is rooted in the Trinity and God, yeah. Son, and Spirit, and that we are joining with that power in, in a positive way to bring real transformational change uh, to the world. Right. Amen. Amen. Anything, Josh? Well, look. When you hear the power of the church. Well, I, I immediately go to the impact that the church can okay. have, uh, that the church is supposed to have, whether that's on the community or the world. There's a certain impact that we're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think about when you say the power of the church. I love that. I love that. So I think you're going back to, because, you know, we had talked about last week about, you know, the certain qualities of the church being expressive that we could actually discern them, we could actually measure them, we could actually see them. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what you're saying is when I think power, um, I call to mind that same concept of there are certain, you know, that the power of the church should be felt and and seen and experienced. That's right. By the, co the wider community at large. Okay, sure. Yeah, and looking out over this beautiful landscape of Evansville and seeing Centerpoint and Energy Comp Company, I also think of power as the source. So making sure we're plugged good, in to right. the source of power yeah. uh, as the body of Christ yeah. instead of relying on uh, human practices or worldly institutions instead yeah. of tapping into the, the abundant power yes. that we have in God. So, Okay, so, you know, that idea of tapping into other sources of of power or tapping into other forms of resources mm -hmm. like that that could be a whole nother episode <laughs> yeah. right because that i mean there's been a lot of discussion around okay hey how how do we do what we are doing and now we rely on human intelligence and human ability mm -hmm. as opposed to actually rely on the spirit and rely on the scriptures um yeah that yeah that that's a whole nother topic but <laughs> but no but it's it's you know it, it's it's it, i i i do agree that it's important to be stated that hey you know um, that we need to be careful about about where our power is. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to read a scripture. It's uh, Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 through 20. It says, um, I'm reading from the English Standard Bible, and it says, and Jesus, sorry, the English stand, Standard Version, and it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, granted, the context of, of that passage is speaking to, you know, obviously, you know, the Great Commission. But um, that, that very first line of Jesus' pronouncement, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. To me, you know, that just every time I think about that passage, it speaks to power and authority to me because it's saying, hey, you know, um, the authority, the power to do what you're called to do as it has to do with discipleship making, which mm -hmm. is which is 
definitely a major mandate of the Lord to the church, if not the mandate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Jesus is Christ. Jesus Christ is saying that this mandate to make disciples, this this mandate, this mandate of discipleship, is based on His power and authority. So let let's flesh that a, a little bit, especially within you know the context of our conversation as the power of the church. What does it look like to understand that the power of the church, right, rests squarely on the resurrection, mm-hmm. right, um, power and authority of Jesus Christ? Yeah, they it, in Acts, you know, moving probably the next scene yeah. of yeah. of after their commission with Acts when Jesus ascends in heaven and, and the Spirit de- descends and the, yeah. the Comforter comes to the people of God. Mm-hmm. That's the activation of the church. That's yeah. the launching, the catalyst of the church. So when the when the Spirit falls and they get plugged into the power and the power f- fills them to overflowing, yeah. then they move into the world. As you said, they go yeah. and they are... We see it manifest that power manifesting in in healing yeah. and teaching and feeding and all the things that we would say are markers of the church's presence in the world. Right. And so, without that, when we move forward in our own strength, we should expect to not see those things, exactly. like we talked about yeah. last last mm-hmm. week. The fruit of of uh, the gifts of the spirit man- being brought into the world, yeah. uh, we taste and see again that that it's good and that we should see that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, this scripture really speaks to uh, where your authority is coming from. Mm-hmm. So, like when here we see where Christ says that I've received all authority in heaven and earth, and so He's already setting the groundwork to say where the authority is coming from. Yeah, that He received it from His Father. He's like, mm-hmm. this is where it's coming from. So He He prefaced that. So that everything else that followed, you'd know where the power was coming from. So that when these things took place, you already knew where the source was. And yeah. I think that that's important that that he said that he's received all authority in heaven and earth, because that had to be stated. Yeah, and he so that there was no guessing. He's transferred that to us. To us, exactly. Which yeah. we we yes. we don't know what to do with that. <laughs> No, so so here's the question, okay? Um, here's the question, and and you you know, Doctor Max Heimer, you already mm. touched on this. <laughs> you know when we say doctor, it's about to get heavy. I was like, that's what I want to turn and run. But you know, you already touched on this. But what? Um, and it can just be something as simple as just an example, right? Okay. But what what does a church, right, whose confidence, or what does a church who believes its power is based on the authority of Jesus look like hmm. in contrast to a church that doesn't believe that or is not operating out of that truth. You, 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 well, you hit on it with the, with the resurrection. I think so. You know, when we, when we try to move in a different authority, yeah. uh, we, are struggling and striving and everything's hard and we're wringing our hands and we're, you know, we're frustrated and we're, we're trying to find enemies and, and passing blame. And this is happening to us, right? Right. Like it's, Mm -hmm. whereas if you're moving in the, in the, in the, in the spirit and the power and the flow of the spirit of God that is freely given is actually our, called in our, our inheritance. Um, 
There should be a peace and a joy and a, and a happiness that, that just exudes all that we do because uh, he has overcome. Jesus has overcome. We are called overcomers uh, right. because yeah. he overcame the world. Mm-hmm. And so we should see that, first of all. Uh, but um, when I think about this, the, you, verse 17, right before verse 18, yeah. mind-blowing so it says, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. That is a crazy little piece in there, you know. And so that's good. They see the resurrected Christ, and they still doubt. And this is a pattern of God's people throughout yes. all of Scripture, yes. right? Like mm-hmm. the Israel or the Hebrews get the, the plagues in Egypt and the clouds and the fire and the column and the Red Sea, and they immediately go in the desert, and what do they do? They complain. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't believe that God can provide. So yeah. it's this, this, this idea of complaining about our human circumstance instead of recognizing our heavenly realities yeah. is um, an ongoing state for the yeah. people of God, and it's what we see see in the church uh, oftentimes. Oh, oftentimes. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think, um, do you guys think when, you know, kind of like when, say, a, ch- a particular church does something and it's successful, right? And because it's successful, every other church, right, yeah. starts doing the same thing or following the same format. Do you think, do, do you think that can be, um, you know, an example of, not relying on the power of Jesus Christ, that's, right? That's what I was going to say. Sense. Okay, okay, <laughs> right. That's what I was gonna, because, like, when you have a relationship, right? Right. Like, sometimes what is a solution for one is not the solution for the other. Exactly. So you have to have that relationship to know the difference. So if what was the solution for Austin, I say, oh, you know what? God gave him that as a solution. I'll take that for me, too. Mm. That may not be the solution for exactly. me. Exactly. And so for churches or to copy what they see as success at one place, like that is, in, in, my, in my mind, that's a cop-out. Okay. It's a cop-out because there's work to be done to build a relationship for you to be able to uh, hear and see how God is guiding you to move versus I'm just going to do this because they had success with it. Right. And that, okay. that leads me to what I actually lost the thread of what I was trying okay. to talk about earlier with the resurrection. I just remembered it as you were saying that. So as we follow Jesus to the cross together in community, right. we, we empty ourselves. That's, that's what we're called to do, just like Christ did, right? So right. we empty ourselves, die to ourselves, but then the resurrection, we're brought to new life. And that new life is fully powered by God. Like we cannot resurrect ourselves. Like So the power of God resurrects us and brings new life out of us. And so every single individual faith journey, every every individual Christian, unique Christian yeah. community, local congregation should mm-hmm. manifest as it dies to itself. itself right. It should be raised to new life, and it should look different person to person. Yeah. But I do want to be careful because I do think this. there is this idea of common grace right. and yes. common exactly. yeah. and and God is creator and sustainer of all things. So I do believe that we can learn best practices. Yes. That's what I'm glad you said people, that. Yes. But yeah. when we're trying to mimic, there's a difference between learning and yes. and and yes. allowing that to inform and shape than to just wholesale mimic 
and okay. adopt. Mm-hmm. And so I think we should always be learners of our brothers and sisters. I mean, that's yeah. why we have the epistles, because yeah. those churches were networked, and they were learning from Paul, and he was mm-hmm. giving them. But it needs to be expressed uniquely yeah. in the new life that God has for us in his power. Yeah. I love that you yeah. make that distinction. Back to yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate I, I appreciate that distinction yeah. between copying as a form of learning yep. and copying just to mimic, you know, kind yeah. of thing. I like how you mentioned best practices too, yeah. because certain things are best practices and are meant to be copied. Like if you're not doing the best accounting, right? Mm-hmm. Then yeah, you probably want to learn a best practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So so I, I think you know, I think one form in which um, we clearly see the power of the church or the authority of Jesus in Scripture is in the application of his name, the use of his name, yeah. right, when mm-hmm. in spiritual warfare and even in healing and other areas. So, you know, in, in Acts, we see Peter and John going to the temple and they come ac- across the lame guy and Peter says, hey, look at me, gold and silver I don't have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise Jesus. up and walk. You know, yeah. we see this, I mean, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see another example, the seven sons of Siva, right? Mm-hmm. Where we know that Paul is going around healing people and doing marvelous signs and, signs and wonders mm-hmm. by the name of Jesus Christ, through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. So these guys now go, <laughs> right? Yeah. And this is where, you know, that whole, that whole thing about mimicking comes in, I'm right? Telling these you, guys now sure. go and use the name of Jesus in an exorcism, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to actually, to basically They're tapping expel. into that power. They're trying to tap into that power and they basically get they got their butts by a demon-possessed <laughs> person, right? So it says they left naked they and left, wounded. And yeah, you know, so, but the real, so, I, 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 you know, so when I look at these scriptures, these two and others, and mm-hmm. others, right? Um, we, it, you know, it appears as though there is power in the name of Jesus, right? Literally to the community of faith, yeah. yeah. Right. So, what does that? Let's let's talk about that. What does that look like, yeah. right? Um, the power, because there are even songs about it in some old-time churches, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. power, power in the blood. Yeah. The blood you know, there's power in the knee. So what does it look like to, um, to access, mm-hmm. right, um, that power in the name of Jesus for the church? What does that look like? And, and when I say the name of Jesus, I mean, like, we see in Scripture, like, the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's like the, now we got to go back to Genesis one one again. Like we got to always go right. back to always the beginning. Get, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I, maybe this is helpful. I hope it's helpful to the listeners out there that may that may this may seem kind of mystifying or right. mystical. Um, but I think of it in the so we, when we see creation, God orders creation through yeah. His breath, through through the Spirit of God, through through the speaking of of reality and i always have thought of that as as the ordering of existence the ordering of of life itself Mm -hmm. and even when we move into john the the new creation in 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 jesus it says the word became flesh the logos the word that's an ordering of reality that's a logical kind of placing of things in the kingdom of god starting with Jesus as king on the throne. And so when I think about tapping into the power of of what it is, maybe the simplest understanding of it is just ordering things the way that God had originally created them. So we think like this healing, and that's very strange to our 
at least our American certain there's yeah. not so strange when you get into other parts of the world, by the way, uh, people might be surprised to understand or to hear. Yes. Uh, but you know, when we think about just reordering reality to how God had normally intended it, then yeah. we are tapping in to the very power of God because yeah. when we align things with the original order of how it was meant to be, then we are tapping into heaven itself and how God would have things. And we get to, because he loves us, we get to participate in that reordering and restoration right. of, of our existence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so when we move from chaos to order, we should experience the power of God to enable and help us to do that. To do that, yeah. okay. So, it, like, I, I keep flashing back to Matthew 28 when we're talking about order and when we're talking about the source of power. And uh, one of the debates in the church today, like with the baptism, like in that scripture, it talks about this is how you baptize right. in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy, Holy Ghost. And I'm like, even today, there's debates about something that's clearly written. Why they say, okay, we don't baptize and use all those names, right. that sort of thing. But it's when you talked about the original structure and intent of how— uh, things were supposed to happen I'm like it's lined out yeah even down to how we baptize and make people disciples right mm. right there's an order there's, yeah so i, I want to go over I, I want to i want to go i want to get really really simple okay but also extremely practical right um and, I, and it's going to be such a basic question Right, but I, but I, but I'd like to think it's a challenging question. Why shouldn't we be doing that today? You know, like I see Peter saying, "In the name of Jesus Christ, being be healed." Yeah. I see Paul right um, commanding demons and setting mm -hmm. people free in the name of Jesus Christ. Right, and we look at Peter's explanation. Peter is very clear. Says we didn't do this by our power. You know, in reference to the lame guy. Um, we didn't do this by our power. This was done. The name of Jesus Christ, through faith in the name of Jesus Christ, mm. has made this man whole, right? So why why do you think we don't see and, and I'm I'm not just you know, I'm not just speaking about healing and casting out demons. Yeah. But you know, when I look at the scriptures, it appears as though what what it's saying is the that the power of the church is the name of Jesus Christ. Is the application of the name of Jesus Christ in faith, not just, you know, and that's, you know, we see that, that, that distinction yeah. between Paul and this, this, uh, the sons of Stephen. They didn't have, yeah. they, they didn't even know who Jesus yeah. was. Because they were right. still saying the name. The they name, were just saying right. what but they heard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, you know, so what does it look like? I guess my first question would be, number one, what is the name of Jesus? Is it like literally Jesus? Uh, and if it's not, what does it mean to yeah. speak in the name of Jesus, to act in the name of Jesus? Because wow. from Scripture, what we see is things happen. The world is shaken. The bound is set free. The sick are healed. The, the weak are empowered in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. So what does it look like to use the name of Jesus as was done in the Bible today? Wow. Well, yeah. So try to be as simple as possible. Yes. Okay. So Jesus's name. Okay. Is Yah, God, Shua, 
saves. Right. So it's God saves. So the very first. They just love how I broke that. The very, the very first <laughs> statement of actually the most yes. practical application is when you're saying Jesus, you are you are confessing that God saves, not me. Yeah. Yeah. God saves, not Ooh. this institution. Wow. God saves, not this practice. Yeah. And so you are self-emptying yourself even by making that de- declaration. Right. You are confessing to you to the world and and whatever's happening in that experience that you are you are have there's no limits to what he can do and there's yes. no power from yourself that you can do to change it. Right. And so Amen. that is the core of the gospel. Right? So Jesus's righteousness is given to us. He saves us, so we can't, you know, so I I think we absolutely should be running around confessing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That should be the starting point Ex- of yes. everything we do. That's why it's simple, basic, but, yeah. but yeah. it's not, ha- I don't I don't see it, and um, guilty as charged. Oh, well, I, yeah. I'm not doing it. I do. Right? <laughs> I do. You know, tell us about that. Well, yeah. I, no, see, I'm not, not as a challenge, I'm, but I really mean educate, yeah. educate us because, well, it, yeah. It's how I was taught, you know, uh, I, I grew up and I've, I've gone to a couple of different denominational churches. Right. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I grew up Baptist and they'd say in the name of Jesus. And then I, I as an adult, a young adult, I went to a Pentecostal church and right. they really heavily emphasize and they lay hands and that sort of thing. And they're like, yes, yeah, in the mighty name of Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now I go to a church that's non-denominational and we still do it. And I'm like, it's just kind of something that I've grown Growing up, learning to do, and I've seen it in practice over a few different denominations. And I'm like, there has to be something to this. Right. And then you hear the songs in the Pentecostal church. Uh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Yes. And that sort of thing. And and so you hear it and you hear it. And, it, and uh, it's learned, or as they say in church, it gets down in your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And so whenever I pray, uh, I do say, in the name of Jesus. Right. And so... Um, you know, I, I really believe that, that that's what makes the difference. Okay. Because when you don't acknowledge that it's in the name of Jesus, it could be in your own name and there's nothing happening in that. You know, I'm, I'm happy you said, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you said when I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus because now I don't feel bad anymore because I'm like, oh yeah, Ubi, that's true. Every time I pray, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I do say in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And when I make that statement, I you know, it's not it's not just cursory. You know, I'm not just throwing it out there. Like when I... I I, I am on purpose yeah. ending my prayer with in the name of Jesus because I recognize mm-hmm. that it's only in his name that that prayer even comes into God's presence and but, it's even given consideration. Uh, right. But I but I also think, too, that is it's intent. So, like, when you pray, you know whose name it's in. Right. Whether you say it or not, it's a, it's a, it's a heart condition. Yeah. So it's like... If you know in your heart that, okay, I'm not praying in the name of Jesus, then there's no power in that. But if yeah. you know in your heart that you're praying in the name of Jesus, that that speaks in the spiritual realm. Okay, so so, you, okay, so you're touching on something that's interesting because you're saying, if I know when I'm praying that I'm praying the name of Jesus, like, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't have to hear you say it. Okay. If you know that that's what you're doing. Right. Now, if you want to clarify for me, for me to have that the same impact in prayer, and you say in the name of Jesus, that's 
Like that's an added bonus for me. But for you, you already know what it is. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is, it it sounds like you're saying I don't have to literally say, but you better know in your heart Jesus to be praying in the name of Jesus. Exactly. That okay. So I I have to know it in my heart, right in my inner person. That's one. Because sometimes you don't even you don't speak when you pray. That's true. And <laughs> that's true. Hey, that is, yes, 100%. I agree with that. Okay, so, but I think something that's important that we should touch on is the fact that that the name of Jesus, that praying and acting in the name of Jesus is not just simply saying or even thinking that. It's also having to ensure that our intention is consistent mm-hmm. with the person of Jesus. I think, you know, when we, when we when we look at scripture, especially in the Old Testament, and you see, you know, the, the word, the name of the king or the name of this person being spoken, mm-hmm. it wasn't just saying, oh, what, you know, what's your ascription? What, you know, what word identifies you? It was saying that your name spoke more to just, spoke more about who you were, your person. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like saying, if I pray, if I'm, if, if I'm angry at someone, right and i say oh god kill that person in the name of jesus because Jeez. i'm and, right wow <laughs> I know, exactly right now i i can pray that in the name of jesus but it's not that prayer is not in the name of jesus even right. if i've said in the name of jesus in the church you know what they say what's that that ain't of god exactly <laughs> that right and, and so i think it's important for our listeners to actually understand yeah. That praying Jesus' name is not just a question of ending the prayer or starting the prayer with in the name of Jesus. It's right. also praying in such a way, right, or in a manner, or acting in a manner that is consistent with. It's with, aligning. With the it's aligning. Exactly. Of, and yeah. just to use a practical example to bring us back to the church. Uh, <laughs> When I was over, I had the opportunity when I was finishing my studies to go to the Netherlands and Amsterdam and Berlin just to see how they're doing different expressions of church over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, it's a post-Christian society. When I would go over there and when someone would say the name of Jesus, I immediately was connected to them. That was the power of unity in the Mm -hmm. name of Jesus. So I I immediately experienced family and love, and I knew... If it if I could discern some some s- s- certain level of sincerity, anyways, which yeah. I almost yeah. always did, yeah. I immediately knew what the order of their life was. I knew yeah. what how they were shaping reality, how they talked, how they interacted with their friends, and their. And when I think about maybe some of why we've reacted against s- declaring in the in the right. name of Jesus is because we've seen the opposite of that, where people yes. are taking that power and leveraging it unfortunately even from pulpits and platforms yes. yeah. in the christian community to cause disorder uh, with the kingdom of heaven yeah. uh, and that unfortunately is a damaging witness right. but the o- opposite is true like when i met my brothers and sisters in berlin yeah i me- when they proclaimed the name of jesus i immediately knew yeah. the power that they were living in their life yeah. yep. and i had a connection with yeah. them yeah. right yeah. away it's, it's kind of like what i was just saying like when you praying say in the name of jesus if i hear that that does something for me absolutely like when you heard them say that it did something for you it created that connection and so i think when we pray like let's say we're all believers right so we know about the name of jesus so like if you prayed and you didn't say in the name of jesus i'm going to assume that it's in the name of jesus because i know you yeah 
And so for new believers or someone that's new to the church, you praying and saying in the name of Jesus, it's like a teaching moment and a way for them to, or for individuals that are maybe yeah. new to your local church or your, your church group. Yeah. For those individuals who know something about the Lord and you say in the name of Jesus, it's a connection. Mm. So it's a teaching and a connection. And a connection. So I, I want to read the scripture. Um, it's, um, it's John 17, and I'm just, I'm just going to start from verse 4. Okay, it says, and this, you know, this is Jesus' prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And then he says, I have manifested your name mm-hmm. to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Verse 6 particularly stands out to me because it says, you know, I have manifested your name. So we we go back to this idea of name, right, Mm -hmm. to the people you gave me, speaking again to this covenant community, the church, right? So we see this connection between the name and the covenant community. But Jesus says he manifested it. Now, we know very well that the Jews knew the name of God, Yahweh, mm-hmm. right? And, and they knew Jesus' <laughs> name. They knew his family, right? So, so when Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the, com- to the covenant community, he's speaking to something more than just a word or two words put together he's mm-hmm. speaking to he's saying i have manifested your person yeah right i've manifested your person your glory your nature who you are mm-hmm. right and i think that's <clears throat> what it means right to pray in the name of jesus but also that's what it actually means for the church to act in the name of jesus are we operating and acting in ways that speak to god nature or to God's character, right? When people look at the church, do they see God? Because that, you know, that's the power of the church. Right. That we that we have knowledge, right? It's been manifested to us. The power of the church is that we comprehend. As a matter of fact, I'd go farther and say that we have apprehended Mm -hmm. the name of God. And it is from there that we're operating from, which is kind of like going back to what you talked about Mm -hmm. in Genesis, right? But um Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, that's good. Like the scriptures that we have today listed uh, in our agenda, when we were talking in Matthew twenty-eight, yeah. it was talking about um, the authority, and then it talked about how to baptize, and then it goes on to say, "Follow these commandments, live like this." And so you're given the instruction on what the church is supposed to look like Glad based off of their fruit, mm-hmm. like we were talking about, and. Uh, so, so you should you should be able to look at the church and and actually see that there's a certain way that they yeah. should be living yeah. and behaving and um, professing and using the name of yeah. in the name of Jesus and that sort of thing because it it does have power. And like, yeah, I was I was gonna I saw like a broken record because I was gonna go back to spiritual fruits too. It's like you just keep returning to that because just earlier in in this kind of long district, you know talk that Jesus is yeah. giving to his disciples. He, he says, I came 
so that you could have life and have it abundantly. Uh, and that's the same use, yes. word that is used that abundantly. That's the same word that is used to the Spirit filling us that we talked about last week, that image of the Spirit of God filling us to overflowing and then oh, wow. coming out and saturating the world. It's the same word. This is abundant life. Yeah. You want to be careful there because when we say abundant life, we don't mean prosperity and and wealth and all right. these things, although that may come with it, but it's the manifest, manifestation of the godly way of life, which is the fruits of the Spirit, this yeah. peace, patience, kindness, when we should be able to see those things. A church should be the absolute standard bearers in every community of an abundant life. People should look at that church and say, wow, there's life there, because now we're tapping into the very foundation of existence, because that's what Yahweh it, that's what yes. our English translation yes. would say is it's I am. It's I am yeah. existence. I am all things. I, I am the root of all all that is in that you see and experience and all of that that comes from me. And when you're tapping into that, then you should have life yep. and have it abundantly. And that should be our witness to the world. Man. Yeah. Man. So um, moving on, <laughs> moving on from the name. I think um, I think in some ways we can thank the Neo Pentecostal movement, right, of the 1916s, the early 1900s, for um, for this reemphasis mm -hmm. on on the person of the Holy Spirit. Whether or not we agree with their theological uh, their theological leaning, as it has to do with the person and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, I th but I, I I would have to say we we do owe them a debt of gratitude, Absolutely. for causing us to turn our attention back to that, and. And, and I think we can agree that the, I, I don't think it's possible to talk about the power of the church without talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. John 17, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you again. You know, and, and we know that in that passage, he's speaking to him and the Father coming into the believer and into the com community of faith in the person of the Holy Spirit. So, now, you know, further down the line, further into the year, we're actually going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. But today I would like us to just talk mm -hmm. about the person of the Holy Spirit as it has to do with him being the power of the church. And I, and I know we have touched, I, I, would, I would say we have touched on that in both yeah. episodes already. But, you know, let's, let's sit on that for a second. You know, what, what does that look like, understanding the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, the third understanding the Holy Spirit to be the power of the church, the third person um, of the Godhead. What you know? What are the implications? What does that look like for um, for us today? I'll be tuning in to that series on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I will just confess. So you said um, we need we owe our brothers and sisters of debt from the right. Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement, which I totally agree with, but I just will confess my own upbringing. You know, we're all kind of trapped by the circumstances right. that this we are, true. the vessels yeah. that are, that we're uh, born into, but also the traditions that we're brought, yeah. brought up in. And I was Nature up, versus nurture, yeah, that yeah. environment. Yeah. And I was brought mm -hmm. up in the Christian church, okay. Christian churches, which the good things that they emphasized was, uh, they, they launched with this kind of confession, no creeds but Christ. So when denominationalism was exploding and all this infighting and Christians actually killing each other, which is just yeah. crazy, <sighs> yeah. like they said, no creed but Christ. And so it was just kind of this recentering yeah. on the person of Jesus. So that was the gift that that denomination has given or that movement has given 
to the I water like body that. of Christ. Yes, um, but one of the drawbacks of growing up in that movement is that they're, they were cessationists. So okay. that, okay. and for those who may, may not be familiar with that term, that just means that the gifts of the Spirit ceased after the time of the apostles. So God right. poured out His Spirit abundantly on the disciples to launch the church. Once it was instituted, you know, those kind of gifts kind of ceased. So the the movement of the Holy Spirit, the rediscovery of this, what Francis Chan calls the forgotten God, he has a great right. a book on that. Um, mm-hmm. That, that <clears throat> is, it's still new to me. I'll just, I'll just you know, admit freely to you guys, like right. I'm still discovering and learning about the movement of the Holy Spirit uh, myself. And so uh, I don't want to presume to be able to give you firm answers to that, but I, but I will say, I just where I default to is talking about just coming to Scripture and just l- what is the yeah. clear presentation of what the Holy Spirit does. So yeah. Holy Spirit connects us to God, so it gives us the, the mind of the things of God. Yes, um, comforts and counsels us because it's called the Comforter or the yeah. Counselor. So it it gives us peace and inner contentment. And then it helps us move out into the world. Uh, remember, we talked last week about the church, uh, the act, the book of Acts. We talk, yeah. we'll often think of the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the early church, but you could also call that the Acts of the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. as it moves out, it establishes God's people in new communities and makes clear the gospel. Uh, so I think uh, that's another role of the Holy Spirit in the church is the sending and the overflowing into so that people can really truly experience the love of God. And I know I've talked for a bit here. No, no, don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> no, you, that, this is awesome. But, uh, but I'll just end with saying, like, I think this is something that we don't talk about enough. Like, the very Spirit of God is poured yes. into us. Like, yeah. uh, Sometimes that just brings me to my knees and I just like, I get tears in my eyes. And I like, when I'm talking with someone, I just want to shake them on a Sunday morning when I'm at a church service, be like, the spirit of God is in you. Do you realize that? Like, what what are we doing? Like, what are we, what what is, why why are we so afraid? And why are we so wringing our hands or our churches are going down? And like, man, like, okay, there is like a practical side to that that we need to address, but we also just need to re-tap into this. Yeah. This power is abundant for us. So I'm still learning. I'm very much a work in progress still, but I'm I'm loving it. Like I'm loving the... the So I got to say something for our viewers and our listeners, okay, that we actually formatted sessions on life to be, um, you know, to be a discussion um, not because we don't want to teach, because that, you know, Sessions in Life is a discipleship podcast. Our primary goal is actually to offer teaching, um, you know, to come alongside and offer you some supplemental resourcing in your growth, in your discipleship. But, but we also believe that you are more engaged when you yourself catch and pull from the conversation. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to speaking as opposed as opposed to speaking to you and saying, hey, this is the nature of the church. Hey, this is the power of the church chapter this verse this says this. What you know, our expectation, our prayer and our hope is that you come into the conversation you're hearing. That's why we ask you guys to leave comments, you know, to connect with us somehow, yeah. but to actually come into the conversation. And the reason why I'm, I'm just saying this over again is because Austin just said some really, really, really good, <laughs> blessed things, mm-hmm. but he said it in conversation form. 
which is which is what this is. Yeah. And I was just worried for a second that if our viewers and listeners were thinking, well, he's a doctor, he's supposed to be talking directly to me. I'm like, no, it's a conversation. So you right. have to catch it. Like you have to <laughs> you have to want it and you've got to pull it out. But you know, for someone who's saying I'm still searching and I'm new to this, you just laid it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, like well, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like I, I don't know I'm like what else do you say that that wasn't just said right, right. I'm like I, I I'm like I, I don't care how I don't care what tradition charismatic Pentecostal you've been in right but I mean you know when someone says the Holy Spirit connects me to God yeah I'm like I, I don't care what tradition you you're from that, that is, is the truth, truth. yeah the yeah. Holy Spirit and it you know I'm like the Holy Spirit connects me to God for, the, for me that yeah. was that was a major point in my my faith about what it meant to have the Spirit of God mm-hmm. or the Holy Ghost yeah. right yeah and so like oh, that KJV <coughs> Holy Ghost right. the Holy Christ right. and so like because you know as a kid growing up you know you, I heard the spirit will lead and guide you, yeah. that sort of yeah. thing. And so then uh, as a young adult, you know, I started going to a Pentecostal church and they were like, oh, you know, you got to get the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. get the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And it was made like it was this thing that if you did these things, you could get it. Right. right. But then the Bible says that it was a gift when you gave your life to Christ. Yeah. And so it was confusing to me about is this something that I have already or is this something that I have to tarry to get? Like they have tarrying services and stuff where you go and say, Dude, you're Geez. using like old church lingo. Those <laughs> tarry yeah, right? nights. Yeah. yeah. And so like, <laughs> so this is what led me on this spiritual journey to figure out what is the Holy Spirit? What is yeah. the Spirit of God? You know, like what is it? What's the Holy Ghost? And so... um I feel like I have a better understanding of it because I, it was a pivotal thing in yeah. my faith that I felt like I needed to solve and figure out what it is so that I could explain it on yeah. some level, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the easiest way that I can explain it, how I've figured it out for myself, is that you read the Word of God, and the Word of God will teach you how you're supposed to live. And if we have the spirit of God, then we have the Holy Spirit, because when we come into believing that uh, he is who he is. Right. And we profess that and we become part of the church. The Bible says that it's a gift. And so when you read the Bible and you understand how we're supposed to live according to the direction that we've been given, when uh, you have situations that come up. And that scripture comes back to mind that says, oh, no, Austin, this is how you're supposed to do in this situation. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the Holy yeah. Ghost. Like it, there is uh, the Bible talks about uh, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. And so when things happen in your life and it's called to remembrance or it's brought to the front of your mind, what the Bible says or what God has to say about a certain situation or a standard or way we're supposed to live. That's the Holy Ghost. Be like okay. I could say, Ubi, you've got the spirit of your father. Like you behave like your dad, right. like your biological father, right? Yeah. Or I could say you have mannerisms that, like your father. It's the same thing as saying you have the spirit of your father. So if you exhibit and you live and do the things like Christ, 
you have the spirit of Christ. That's the Holy yeah. Ghost. Yeah. No. So, so just um just a plug in if you know for our again our audio, um our listeners and viewers if you guys want to learn more about the Holy Spirit you need to hang with us every week because we will we will eventually come uh to a session to to a session where we speak specifically to who the Holy Spirit is. However, um, you know these are things that both Austin and Josh have touched on as it has to do with the Holy Spirit being the power of the church. It's one, right. it is through the Holy Spirit that the church is connected to God, right? Um, it is through the Holy Spirit that the church flourishes, both on a corporate level and an individual level. That's why in Galatians 5, you know, the very the very characteristics of Jesus Christ that Galatians 5, Galatians 5 refers to as, the, Galatians 5 actually refers to them as the fruits of the Spirit, meaning yeah. it is the Spirit that brings it forth. Right, um, Paul in Romans uh, five, six, seven, eight speaks to this idea of yielding to the Holy Spirit. Um, when Jesus Christ calls the disciples to go and be, and be His witnesses, He mm -hmm. says, "But do not go." Right, He says, "You'll yeah, be wait, my witnesses, wait but wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you with power." Right? Yeah, and so like in John chapter fourteen, verse twenty six, it says. But the Comforter, which is, and this is King, King James, <laughs> but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whosoever I have said unto you, and, or whatsoever I have said unto you. So it's, it's a teaching. Yeah. And today, the word of the Lord is right here in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so when the Holy Spirit brings it back to remembrance, it's because you read it. Yeah. And because you've studied and you've committed to a life living as Christ has said to live. Yeah. And so it, it teaches you. So like there's things that you know that you don't quite know how to apply. Right. And when certain things happen, you're like, oh, this is when I'm supposed to do this. Right. Or this is when I'm supposed to pray like this or feel like this or treat my neighbor like this. Yeah. And that's really important. And because the Holy Spirit is is a person, like you said, to be yes. to be experienced. Yes. It's a relationship to yes. connect to, and and it can't just remain static doctrine or dogma yeah. on a paper. Yeah. And, when, yeah. and when you have that deep connection with the Holy Spirit, you undeniably know it. Yeah. And so, so some friends of mine, we were having lunch together, and we were sharing when we've had a ten experience of yeah. God. Right. You know, on a scale of zero yeah. to ten, yeah. like if, if chopping onions before dinner is a, is a one, uh, then when have you just been flattened by by the experience of the Holy Spirit or experience of God? Wow! Yeah. And I was able to share one where a, a friend of mine, a brother in Christ, in a, in a small group setting, yeah. a very intimate setting, was able to share his whole life's testimony, including terrible abuses and experiences he has as a kid. And we, we were so united, it really genuinely felt like the five of us in that room yeah. that there was one of us. Yeah. And we, there was tears and an outpouring of love, and it was just it was a sense of complete and total saturation yeah. of the presence of God, God yes. uniting among us. Yes. So it's yeah. not just a connection to God, it's a connection to one to another because it's the yeah. same spirit and saying God is in you and yeah. in you and in That's me. That's right. And we connect that way too. I love that. And that is yeah, the church. That. It that is. is church. Dude, you know what? That is an um, that's an, an amazing note to end on, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I think I think that's an incredible note to end on. You know, recognizing one 
that the power of the church is the name of Jesus Christ yeah. and that we see things happen in our lives within the community of faith and outside the community of faith when we exercise faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, and secondly, you know, the power of the church is also the person of the Holy Spirit because he is present to bring strength, is present to connect us to the Father, and like Dr. Maxheimer Max said, to connect us to one another. Yeah. Right. Um, he's present to give us power to witness. He's present to cause, to cause flourishing productivity, the bringing forth of the fruit of the Spirit, the character, the person of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, so to keep to keeping those things in mind, and I think it's essential um, for for us, for the new believer, for the new initiates into the faith. But even for for those of us who have been walking with Jesus for some time, to come back and deal with questions like this, right? What is the power of the church, and and how do I walk in it? How do I recognize it? So, um, guys, I you know we pray and hope that you've been blessed. Well, yeah. can I add one? Yes, please. You made absolutely. me think of that. Like, it may be even good for those of us who have been walking in the faith for a long time to be to learn under those. Of the new ones who who haven't been, uh, you know, damaged by this belief, right? Or this, oh, that, like, right? Like yeah, they they believe in the power of God still because they their life was just transformed yes. by the yeah, power of yes. God, and so it's like maybe we should just not not dampen their their witness and power and testimony. Maybe just sit and hang out with and them for a little yeah, bit, and, be like, yeah. and just watch. Absolutely. And like you remember when let uh, them Ethan teach came us. up. Uh-huh. Ethan, yeah. like, new to the faith. I'm I like, just met Ethan this He was week. glowing, man. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this yeah. dude. They don't know what yeah. they don't know. Right? That's a good thing in this sense. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. <laughs> so, for real. Didn't mean to no, 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 no. Uh, no, cut no, down no, your no, line. You're, you're absolutely right stuff. on that. I'm like, I want to hear what this stuff. guy yeah. has to say. He's new to this. I appreciate it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, but on that note, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this session on the power of the church. We pray that it has blessed you, and we pray that you guys really have a great week. Um, be sure to join us again next week. Um, but in the meantime, uh, be sure to follow us, to like, share, and smash that like button. <laughs> because we want we want to be seen more places, heard more places, and it's all based on algorithms. So help us out. And the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, there we go. And, and I must say, guys... Um, we do have a number of really, really interesting events um, coming up in the next few weeks and months. So yeah. please be sure to check out our website and to connect with us on Facebook, um, you know, and uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you know, just for real, seriously, please connect with us because the truth be told, God has called us to do this, but he's not just called us, right? We're not able to do anything that we can do unless we are community so we, we definitely would love for you guys to connect with us and be a part of that once so our, again thanks to you our website you, what's bless. the link it is see this is why i have this yeah. brother here it is www.lockunited.org so that way if you're new to this you can find us amen and you can find us on facebook at lock united or um just you know search for learners of christ the king united thanks guys be God blessed bless.